welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. You are the only version of Jesus that a lot of people will ever meet. And I don't say that to put a load of responsibility on you or to scare you or, um, in fact, quite the opposite. I see that now as just the most amazing privilege that me and Jesus together can spend our lives loving the people that God puts in front of us. Okay? And if the, if the goal of the school is anything, the goal of the school is to get us a bit closer to believing that. Um, knowing who we are, knowing who we really are, and then living out of the the beautiful place that that is. Um, so, what I want to do today is uh, we're going to have a bit of a, a recap. Um, you know, we've done quite a few I am statements. Um, so I just want to look at these and maybe meditate on them for a minute or two by way of a reminder, and then we're going to look at an, an additional one, okay? So, just thinking about the word chosen for a second. You know, life is full of choices. We make choices all the time. And some of them are fairly inconsequential. Some of them are quite strategic. Shall I drive on the right side of the road or the left side of the road? It's quite a strategic choice, depending on what country you're in. But shall I put the socks on with the blue tips or the red tips? You know, it doesn't really matter because you can't see my socks. I could put one blue and one red on. But, but we, I, I, we make choices all the time. But I want us to just think for a moment about the fact that God chose you. Just allow that, just as if it's the first time you've ever heard it. God, the Almighty, the Eternal, the whatever words that you can't really come up with to adequately describe Him, indescribably, all his brilliance, all his magnificence, all his splendor, all his wonder, all his power, all his love, all his, oh, whoa, all that, ha. And he looks at you today and chooses you to have a relationship with. And he's not waiting for you to get cleaned up. He's not waiting for you to do anything. Right? He wants a relationship with you. Now, he's always wanted a relationship with you. And we're going to look at a verse in a minute, um, which just, it just, I was arrested yesterday when I read it. Um, and it, it'll, 
it'll link into the, the word at the bottom of the list. But just, God, you chose me. You chose me. You chose me. And that makes you royal. And we talked about how Kate Middleton, didn't we? Went from being Kate Middleton to the, the princess. She married into royalty. And one day she'll be queen. Ha! And just that whole life, life looks different when you're royal you know and that's not a prideful thing life is just different um we see glimpses of that because obviously we have a royal family but that just pales into insignificance in comparison to god asking ha God, the king of kings. That's the family that you're in. Uh, sorry, we need to keep going, otherwise we might get stuck. Um, so we talked about being beloved, didn't we? You know, God's masterpiece, how magnificent we are. Um, we talked about being holy, being set apart. Holiness is our identity, not our activity. And these things, you know, it's, it's more common for these, uh, these concepts to be like, to be um, goals that we're aiming for. And therefore, when we look at them, we, we, we think of, well, we need to do some activity in order to get closer to that finish line. Okay, so I'll do this and I'll do this and I'll do this and I won't do this and I won't do this and I won't do this and maybe one day I'll have done enough of the right things and abstain from the wrong things and I'll get that holy badge. You know, because we used to get, you know, when I was a kid, you used to get stars for good behaviour. And there's nothing wrong with stars for good behaviour. Okay. But wouldn't it be lovely if we could raise a generation of people who behaved good because they knew they were good? Mm. Right? And their good behaviour came out of mm -hmm. the realisation and the revelation and the reality that I am good. Therefore, my behaviour is good. So dare we apply that concept to a word like holy, where we could say, I am holy. Could it be that Christ has made me holy? In which case, I will act in a holy way. If I've been chosen is it possible for me to behave in the reality of my chosenness rather than 
I'm working really hard to get to that place of acceptance, choosing or whatever. You see, indifferent, it's, it's a bit like the orphanness with different clothes on. You know, the orphans just don't belong, they don't believe they belong, and therefore they're striving, trying, 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 trying to do things to get to a place of belonging. But actually, Jesus said, I won't leave you as orphans. Okay? So, as we move down this list, hopefully we get to a place of believing that we are secure because we have been chosen. And I said to you, you know, on numerous occasions, my kids are my kids. They're not your kids. They're not for sale. I'm not about to give them away. I'm not about to take them to a charity shop because I've, you know, run out of uses for them. Okay? You cannot buy them. They are mine. And I, I hope and I believe that my kids feel secure in the knowledge of their belonging. Absolutely. Um, just continuing on that theme, you know, acceptance is just a massive issue for us. You know, we just so easily feel rejected. Um, but to live in that place of being accepted, knowing you're accepted by God, is just an incredibly blissful existence. And if God's gone to all that trouble to choose you, make you royal, let you know you're beloved, declare you holy, give you that security, give you that acceptance, surely we could entertain the reality that I must be worth something then. But you see, that is so dangerous. My tongue is in my cheek because we could just get really proud about how significant we are. Because then what, what can happen? Oh, well, it's, it's all down to me, you know. It's all down to me. And we go down the, the whole... We can go down the route of getting very responsible for everybody and getting very, un, you know, ill at ease because Jesus has given us so much work to do. Okay. Um, now, Jesus was just, you need to get over yourselves. Okay, Jesus was doing fine before you arrived and he'll continue to do fine once you've died. I don't mean to be rude, okay, and I'm not trying to tell you you're not significant, okay, but your life in eternity lasts about that long, and that's only because that's the shortest noise I can make, right? You came, and you went, right? Okay, but in that, there's an incredible significance, because for you, it's the only there's ever going to be, right? So, the significant thing is on my end, if I choose to believe that there are lots of other people around at the same time of, as me who last that long, right? And I'm going to have the opportunity to meet them, love them, let them know 
some of the reality that I enjoy. Okay, so you are incredibly significant, but that is not in any way a, oh! Who was I talking to the other day? I was talking to somebody about having a rucksack on your back. Was it any? Oh, yeah. And these weights that we put in, you know, oh God, responsibilities, you know, whatever. Um, what, what did we end up saying? God, God, doesn't have a God, God doesn't even have a rucksack. <laughs> um, so any of this, if it makes you feel heavy, okay, please, please, please just pause and think, Jesus, your yoke is easy and your burden is light. So what? I mean, I, you know, one of my most important questions, hopefully, that I ask myself regularly is, is there a lie I'm believing here? Because this doesn't feel light. This doesn't feel easy. Okay? Right. So, and with all that, you know, how could we not be thankful? Um, and again, I'm not using that as a stick to beat you with. But we can practice thankfulness. It's very easy to practice thankfulness because you focus on what God has done and is doing and not wailing over the stuff he hasn't done or won't do. Okay. And just as a complete aside, um, I just want to throw this in. Um, if you feel like Oh, there it is. If you feel like, God, you know, you're really like, oh, God, you need to do this. God, God, why is this not happening? Why is it, you know? Um, it feels like your prayers are not being answered. Maybe you're praying the wrong prayer. <laughs> just an idea, you know, just, just, just sort of put that in as like a bit of, you know, that's like a bit of mayonnaise on the side of the salad, right? <laughs> If you, if, if you find yourself, you're so focused on... Because I, I don't know whether you were here when Emily Harland came. Were you here when Emily Harland came? She's so she, she a lovely girl from... Um, you would have been here because it was, I think it was before school started. So she was from the Midlands and she'd gone out to Australia to work with a lady called Catherine Ruanala and she had loads of questions. Okay, she had loads and loads of questions. God, why this? Why not that? Ding, 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 right? And she came, when she came back to, and she came with uh, Catherine, and Catherine got her to share a little bit. And she said, you know, I went to Australia with all these questions. And she said, you know what happened? I didn't get any answers. And you think, oh. She said, but, the questions didn't, once I got there, the questions didn't matter. And sometimes we can just get so focused on things and it's like, you know, God, if you don't, and you know, you start, anyway. I think one of the, the, the sort of, one of the antidotes to that is thankfulness. There's a line, I think it's in a Brian Johnson song, I remind myself of all that you've done. And we talked, didn't we, about the, the Ebenezer stone that Samuel raised up. 
so far God has helped us. Okay? So far God has helped us and he's faithful and he will continue to help us. And you're breathing, aren't you? Yeah. And did you pay for that? Well then, thank you God for air to breathe. And you think, oh Andy, you're just being pathetic. No, I'm not being pathetic. I'm just giving you somewhere to start that's the same for everybody. You know, you might have no clothes on your back and no food in your belly, but you've got air to breathe and it didn't cost you anything. <laughs> Let's not go there. So, thankfulness, it's like medicine. It's like joy, right? It's like reasons to be cheerful. Um, those, those things, you just know. It, 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 it just makes you, it releases chemicals in your body. And, and when, you, when you get down there, boom, 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 right? And you, you, you're secure and you realize how significant you are, thankfulness is overflowing, you can be extravagant, okay? And you can be extravagant because you're secure, right? If you're not secure, you would never be extravagant because you would always be a bit conditional with things, right? Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? So, um, if I'm a bit scared that Jonas, for some reason, is going to reject me, then I'm not secure in who I am. I'm not secure in our relationship. I'm never going to be extravagant in my connection with him. However, if I am convinced beyond doubt, I believe totally that I am secure and he accepts me, we are chosen, we are royal, then I, then I can be extravagant in my relationship and my love and my just doing life together. So you see how they sort of all link together. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Thought we'd have ten. Should we have ten? Are you ready for one more? Yes. Okay. So, sorry, Andy, what's the difference between extravagant and extraordinary? Um, well, extraordinary would be, okay, the cake, if it didn't have topping, would be ordinary cake, right? But it's got lash <sighs> topping, so it's extraordinary. I mean, you could interchange the word, therefore it is an extravagant, extravagant example of chocolate cake. But what might be extravagant, right, would be you eating two pieces rather than one. Okay, so the cake can be extraordinary, right, but it would be a bit um, it would be extravagant of me to go downstairs and buy you the whole cake and go, there you go. So they're similar words, similar words, but they have a, um, a slightly different... Does that help? Is that okay, Miri? Yeah? So, now this one, this one is really where we're going to land. <laughs> you ready? I am, he says, kicking the guitar. Brrr. Innocent. I thought Jesus was going to come. <laughs> well, the answer is Jesus. It's all Jesus, isn't it? Right? But I, you know, I would love you to go away remembering lots of things. But if you go away remembering nothing else other than the fact that you're innocent, okay?
So, what does innocent mean? I haven't looked up a definition, okay? You can go away and research it yourself. But what I want to, I want to make a bit of a distinction, you see, because most of us, certainly in the natural, okay, we associate innocent with um, a legal process, okay? Because you are, in, you know, the, 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 the laws that we live by, one of the founding things is you are innocent until proven guilty. Ouch. <laughs> so... We are going to do our best to prove that you are guilty. But until that time, <laughs> you're innocent. And that is supposed to be what's known as we presume you are innocent. But I don't think that is, that is, I don't think that is a presumption of innocence. That is, I'm presuming you're guilty, but I'm letting you off the hook just for now, because I've got all this evidence, right, that you are guilty. So you see how the focus is not on your innocence, it's on proving your guilt, which presupposes that you have done something wrong, otherwise you wouldn't be stood there on trial, yeah? So when we think about innocence, most of us think of it in that context. Oh, it's about lawyers, it's about what happens when you go to court, and you know, and, and you, if you're lucky, you'll be, you know, you'll be found not guilty. Okay? <laughs> so, um, what I want to do is I just want to put some distance between this idea of not guilty, right, so let's have not guilty here and have innocent somewhere over here, okay. And I want us to sort of really carve a between the two and break that association that somehow not guilty equals innocent, okay. And I just smash that up, okay? I just want to smash that up in terms of the relationship between the phrase not guilty and the word innocent, okay? I want them, we say in English, I want it to be as different as chalk and cheese, right? Oil and water, just different. And I want us to look at innocence just on its own, okay? Just on its own, without the baggage of this idea that, well, innocent equals not guilty. Does that, am I, um, are you getting what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah? Because if you, if you don't make that break, you'll, your, your default will always be when, when you think, oh, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm innocent, I'm not guilty. And then your focus 
goes then on to the accusation that suggests you are guilty. Even though that accusation may be false, may have no substance whatsoever, you're still in here thinking, oh, not guilty, not guilty, not guilty, you know? Not guilty, right? Not guilty. And then what, what happens if we're not careful is then we're focusing then on, oh, well, I, I better make sure my activity, right, what I do, I'm focusing on what I'm doing. I'm going to make sure that no one else can say, oh, you're guilty of that. So we're back into trying not to do the wrong thing, trying not to sin, <laughs> Try, trying not to give anybody grounds for going, pointing a finger and saying, ah, you were nasty to the dog this morning, <laughs> or, you know, right? <laughs> um, and, 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 and we've lost that beautiful gap between living... What, not the gap which I want to create and I want to suggest to you right it's possible to live in a place of innocence okay now the 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 beauty of that is it is a very pure place so just for a moment think about um a little newborn maybe, right? Baby's just arrived in the world. It's not had time to sin yet, <laughs> okay? It's just arrived. Ah! It's let out its first cry, okay? And it's not done anything wrong, right? It's not peed on its dad. It's not, you know, he or she, whatever, okay? you would legitimately say the baby was innocent, right? It's, in, it's just innocent. It's pure, right? It's beautiful. It's just... What I'm trying to do is sort of redeem, if you like, in our heads, the gloriousness of this concept of innocence. Okay. Because it's so much, so much more glorious than just thinking I'm not guilty, right? It's just not the same. It's really not the same. You just, the reality is, you're just beautifully pure, right? You're innocent. And I'm going to give you... Um, a little, a little Bible verse or two to sort of hopefully help us realise that. This Bible verse, sorry, I, I hope you don't mind me walking up and down. I just find it easier to talk and walk. We've looked at before, okay, and, you know, this is a great Father Heart verse. Okay, Zephaniah 3.17 in the Amplified Bible. Okay, so why don't we read it together? Okay, the Lord your God is in the midst of you, a mighty one, a saviour who saves. He will rejoice over you with joy. 
he will rest in silent satisfaction and in his love he will be silent and make no mention of past sins or even recall them. He will exult over you with singing. Okay? So, God, when he thinks about us, he rests in silent satisfaction. And, and, you know, even that concept of God resting, okay, is just, oh, God, you must be busy saving the world, surely, okay? Doing whatever you need to do, but God rests in silent satisfaction, right? And he doesn't even remember your sins. He doesn't recall, remember, right? So you say to him, oh God, I'm, I'm really sorry for kicking the dog on the way here. Did you? <laughs> now you see, the problem with that is, that attacks our theology, okay? Because my theology is a bit like this, or has been. So I'm trying really hard to be good, trying really hard to do the right things, trying really hard not to kick the dog. But, you know, I get fed up, and in a moment of weakness, I kick the dog. Okay. So, oh gosh, I need God to forgive me for kicking the dog. Yeah? So, oh, oh yeah, but the dog deserved it. So I have this sort of thing, and then eventually I get to the point where I'm ready to confess my sin to God. God, I'm really, really... And I need to confess my sin so he can forgive me. Yeah? That's, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> okay? And then, and then me and God are pals again. And I can go on my merry way. Yes? Until, until the next dog runs out in front of me and I kick it. Yeah? Okay, so... Oh God, I'm so so. I'm, I'm there. I'm you know. I've you know. I'm just being a bit silly. Okay. Oh God, I'm really sorry for kicking the dog. What does God say? Does He say, "I forgive you," or does He say, "What dog?" Because. He forgave you before you'd even kicked it. Oh, you're messing with me, Andy! You're messing with me, Andy! Right? So it's like saying, you kicked a dog. Yeah, yeah. You kicked a dog? So, okay, this is just really playing with your, playing with your theology now, okay, because we have this I'm close to God, I sin. Oh God, I need to come back to you. Please forgive me, please forgive me. I sin. <gasps> please forgive me, please forgive me. Right, right. It's just, it's, it's, it can be real in our heads, but it's not real in his. Okay? Go on. But don't you think that it's 
it's still that it's still or, or I think that it's still good to talk with God about it. Absolutely. So, Absolutely, Jonas. You see, because now you're thinking, well, what are you saying, Andy? You're saying I don't need to confess my sin. No! No, I am not saying that at all. What I am questioning is your understanding of what the process is when you do. Okay? And, and you, hopefully you've had lots of teaching on forgiveness, so this will just remind you a bit. All right? But all I, all I really need to say about this, want to say about this now, is that forgiveness, right, is nothing to do with you asking to be forgiven. Okay? And forgiveness is everything to do with you choosing to forgive. Okay, so, so I'm being a bit extreme, okay, but forgiveness is not about me saying, Jonas, please will you forgive me, right? It doesn't happen at that point, okay? It doesn't happen at that point. It happens at the point when Jonas says, I forgive you, Right? Now, the problem we have is we think that that point between us and God is when we ask. Yeah? Okay? That's where I'm getting to. So we think we walk around with all this unforgiven sin because we haven't asked for forgiveness yet. And God can't forgive me because I haven't asked. So... The responsibility is entirely mine to get the forgiveness for all this sin, right? So, better not forget one, Jonas. So, sorry, I was going to say, hell's bells, come judgment day. You know, you die a day earlier than you thought, and you've got a little list of all the things you were going to ask for forgiveness for tomorrow, right? You're just working down your list. Oh, I'll deal with that one tomorrow, God. And you die tonight. Oh gosh, you've got some sins that you haven't asked for forgiveness for. So, so in your theological head, God won't have forgiven me. Well, then I'm not acceptable. I'm not what, well, ah, and I'm on the, the down escalator to the fire. <laughs> However, there could be another way. God has already forgiven all your sins. Now, you say, oh, how can that work? Well, just one little bit of maybe theological switch of light on here. Jesus is not planning on coming back and getting back on the cross and dying for him again. Okay? <laughs> the ones you're going to do tomorrow and ask for forgiveness on Sunday. <laughs> right? He's already died. He's already dealt with it. The lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. You can't understand it in a chronological way. But I know for me, 
if somebody does something that upsets me, I can choose to forgive them regardless of whether or not they ask. Because their asking really is for their benefit. Right? So, yes, confess your sins. Okay? Absolutely confess your sins so that you might be healed. Okay? So that you can get back to right thinking. God's already forgiven you completely, 100%. Okay? Makes no mention of it. Have I? I hope I haven't fried your brains too much there. Okay? But I, I, I wanted to sort of just give you that, give you that illustration so that you, th- you can get over here in the bliss of innocence because you're not worried about sinning and you're not focused on, oh, God, you know, whatever. You're just in the bliss of your innocence. Is that all right? Go on. Ask me. What do you mean by that? By saying, okay, before I even ask, yeah. I said my sinners, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, the challenge with that is you would you would then very easily get into a whole oh well you're saying you're a universalist then because everybody's already saved. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying everybody's already saved. Okay. But Salvation, I would say, is being awakened to the reality of your oneness. Yeah. Okay. Because Jesus, in in Christ, God reconciled the world to Himself. So, as far as He's concerned, it's a done deal. So, salvation for me is to realise that the deal's been done. Yeah. It's done for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Salvation. Salvation in terms of going to heaven. Yeah. Okay. Is it then? I mean, it doesn't depend on my because what I just during the last two months I came to the conclusion that actually this sinner's prayer every evangelical church is after to hear for whatever reason doesn't actually matter because it's just my. I mean, okay. my actual response to him starts. Okay. All right. Let me just. At the risk of throwing a huge spanner in the works, I've been on a journey of getting to know Jesus since I was born. Okay, my parents took me to a Mormon church. Okay, 
and they had a concept of God and Jesus and, and I was introduced to those things. I then stopped going to that church and started going to an evangelical church on Glebelands Road in Sale, okay, that had a theology that endorsed you're a sinner, you're going to hell unless you pray a prayer of salvation and at that point God says, okay, you're in, right? So when I was 13, I went to a big evangelistic meeting in Manchester and that was the version of the gospel that was given to me by the preacher. I accepted that version and with all my heart believed that God had, had said sorry and God had said, okay, welcome to the party, okay? And that, you, you can't take that away from me. You can't tell me that wasn't real. You can't tell me, oh, that was a waste of time. You didn't need to do that because you were already saved, okay? Because God rewards faith. And we'll, we'll, I'll show you, right, in the next five minutes that God rewards faith, okay? And just, he has an incredibly, um, what's the word? Not dismissive, but you know, the rest of the stuff isn't that important. We make it important, but it isn't, okay? God loves you, God loves me, I love God, me and God are doing okay. And I've got to this point because somebody said to me, if you want to do okay with God, you need to pray this prayer, all right? So I'm not, please, millions of people all over the world today will get, will get saved by praying a sinner's prayer, right? And I'm not gonna, for one minute, say that's a load of rubbish, okay? Because they don't need to, okay? I'm just, for me, in a place of now, seeing things from a different perspective, if you like, um, that there is no separation, but we believe there is, because, you know, the people walk in darkness, we walk in darkness. If you've got no revelation of who Jesus is, and the love that God has for you, and the, and the possibility that there is to have an incredible life here on earth, living in that love, then you're in darkness, and dare I say it, you're in a version of hell, you know, um, and we can live differently. Um, so does that, am, am I answering the question? Yeah, I'm totally with you, Dave. I think that this is like you said, a step in faith. Yeah. Rewards faith, but I have the feeling that there's so many emphasis, how do you say it? Put on this one emphasis, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a lot of questions arise. Okay, what if I had, what if I said it back then out of the wrong motivation? What if I said it back then yeah. out of the wrong theology? Yeah, what yeah, yeah. If I, yeah. Stuff like this, you start to think, have I do, to do it again? Because do it again, yeah. Turn from yeah. Stuff like this. And therefore, I just come to the conclusion that God must be bigger than Yes, absolutely. Absolutely, Jonas. Um, so, salvation, coming to the revelation that we are loved beyond measure, okay? Anyway, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just fly on a bit here.
If you only learn one Bible verse, learn this one. Okay. Therefore, there is now a bit of condemnation. <laughs> depending on how long it is since you kicked the dog. <laughs> okay. You see, we, we want, because we have this sort of legalistic mindset, we want to have to do something, right? Our end of the bargain or whatever. We can't believe that actually there's nothing to do. But if there is no condemnation, there's no guilty verdict, there's no punishment. And I think it's Colossians where it says we are complete in him. We are in Christ Jesus. Okay? You're in, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in, you're in. Therefore, there is now no condemnation. So if I'm feeling condemned, it's not from God. Okay? Now you think, oh, well, you're just giving people a license to do what they like and, you know, never clean up their mess. No, not at all. Not at all. Okay? But what I am suggesting to you is that the more we live in the reality of this, perhaps the less mess we'll make. Because <laughs> I find... The people generally who make, well, oftentimes when we make messes, because we've lost sight of who we really are. Okay? There is no condemnation. I just, I was walking down the road yesterday saying this over and over and over again. Over and over and over again. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. Now, I, I, I think I might have mentioned this verse to one or two of you yesterday. 2 Timothy 1 verse 3, in the mirror translation, our conscience celebrates our pre-creation innocence before God. Okay? So before you ever got into the whole sin thing, got yourself guilty, whatever, you were innocent. Right? So when Jeremiah says, before you formed me, you know, you were thinking about me. And that's, that's I want you to, you know, conscience, we all have a conscience, don't we? But most of us, when we think about our conscience, we think, oh yeah, it's guilty conscience, isn't it? It's, it's a good thing. Guilty conscience is a good thing. Because it reminds you of the bad thing that you've done, so you deal with it. So that's good, isn't it? It's good to have a guilty conscience. Because if you didn't have a guilty conscience, you'd do all this bad stuff and, and never like sort it out or say sorry or whatever. So guilty conscience is a good thing. But what if your conscience convicted you, right? Just nailed you over and over and over and over again that you're innocent. You're blameless. You're pure. You're holy. 
you're righteous, you're sanctified, you're accepted, you're secure. Oh. I want a conscience like that. Okay? I want a conscience like that. Okay. So that was as close as you get to an impression of John Crowder. Um, so, you know, we've had this little thing going on, worship, definition, our response, that he rejoices over us. Yeah, you're familiar with that? Okay. Let, or my, my response to the revelation that he rejoices over me. How about my response to the revelation that I am innocent? Oh. So why not, for the rest of today, just walk around? I'm innocent. I'm innocent. Just meditate on your innocence. Your innocence and see where it leads. See where it leads. <laughs> because I want, and this is, this is where we're, we're going to finish. I want to, I want to um, give you one possible response, okay? Because you're about to set out now onto the rest of your life. You've done school for five months. It's changed your life completely. What happens next? Okay. Well, I don't know what happens next, but I want to suggest to you that you can approach what happens next with courage. You make me brave. You make me brave. Okay? You make me brave. So in the Nog version of the Bible, Names of God, 1 John 4.18, the eggnog, the eggnog latte version, okay? No fear exists where his love is. Rather, perfect love gets rid of fear because fear involves punishment. Isaiah 53 says the punishment that was due to him was laid, that was due to us was laid on him. Isaiah 53, I think it's verse 5, that amazing, you know, it's all we like sheep have gone astray, you know. The punishment that was due to us was put on Jesus, right? So there is no punishment. There's no condemnation. There's no punishment. So I would like to suggest to you that it is possible to live a fearless life where you do not have a relationship with fear. You do not have a relationship with a guilty conscience. Your conscience only serves to remind you of your innocence. Okay. Because that is the reality of his perfect love. So there is no fear. There is no fear. There's no fear of punishment. There's no fear of failure. There's no fear of rejection. There's no fear of anything. So, how might we live? Proverbs 28.1 The righteous are as bold as a lion. And I promised I would show you about 
that verse and if you, you, you need to go away for your homework and look at that story again that we looked at when we talked about extravagance uh, in Luke chapter 7, okay, where the woman, the especially wicked sinner, comes and anoints Jesus with perfume that cost £26,000 in today's money, a year's wages, okay. Because that was an incredibly courageous thing to do. Because, you know, to step into that environment and do what she did was incredibly courageous. Okay. And at the end of that chapter, Jesus says to her, okay, well, he's talking, he's talking to Simon and he says, Do you see this woman when I came into your house? You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But she, from the moment I came in, has not ceased intermittently to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with, oil, with cheap, ordinary oil, but she has anointed my feet with costly, rare perfume. Therefore, boom, I tell you, her sins, many as they are, are forgiven her because she has loved much. It's a controversial verse on many fronts because Jesus hasn't died on the cross yet and he's forgiving sins. Hmm, okay. And he says to the lady, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at the table with him began to say amongst themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Jesus says to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace in freedom from all the distress that you have experienced as a result of sin. Go and enter into peace. So that, that is um, Luke chapter 7, verses 46 to 50. Right? But did he say, your sins are forgiven? Your sins, say, your sins. Your sins are forgiven. It's, it's quite, oh, um, how's that working? Right? So we could unpack that in the next school, but for now, oh, iDestiny <laughs> 2, iDestiny Revisited, okay? <laughs> I just want, I just throw that in, okay, well, he'd already dealt with it as far as he was concerned before it had happened, okay? And you your faith, right? Your faith has saved her. And she believed she was loved. I mean, you wouldn't do that, would you? If you didn't think this guy loves me. <laughs> There's something about this Jesus guy and I just want to let him know I love him. Jeez. Right? <laughs> so the answer is Jesus. The answer is always Jesus. So put your hand on your heart. <gasps> oh! Okay, I declare, say after me, I declare, I am innocent. I have always been innocent. Oh, oh, yes. I choose to believe I am pure and blameless. And I... 
Um, let's how are we going to put this? I thank you, God, that I am full of courage, that I am as bold as a lion, and I am just going to have such an adventure with you, living fearlessly, because I am so loved. Thank you for listening to the Destiny Podcast. For further information, check out www.idestiny.org.uk.